tonight. He's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chain, he's a chain break. Oh, brother, help me sing it, everybody now. Well, if you got pain, he's a pain Amen. If you feel lost tonight, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're the chain breaker tonight. If you have your neighbor near you, why don't you lay your hands upon them now and begin to pray. This is a prayer meeting tonight. And I speak to anyone here who might be in pain or any, anyone who is hearing me tonight who might be in pain or, or anybody who is in prison or any sort of prison tonight. The Lord can shake all. Amen. He shake your prison tonight. Amen. He can break your chains. Amen. He can take away your pain. Come on, pray for them. Pray for somebody. Pray for them. Speak life in their situation. Speak freedom in their situation. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, let there be freedom tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Father, Lord, may you break every chain of the enemy. May you break every chain of the enemy. Let there be, amen, chains that will be broken tonight, Father. Hallelujah, Lord. May you take away every pain, every sort of pain, Father. Anybody who might be lost, Father, may they find their way tonight, oh God. Father, we, are, we have come here to call on your name. We have come to pray, amen, for your children to be set free. And I speak to every bound person, Father. Lord, that they may be set free tonight. May they be set free tonight. May they be set free, oh God. Every sort of chain, every sort of chain binding them, Father. May you set them free, oh God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, for you are here, oh God, to set them free, oh God. Oh Lord, you have come to take away all the pain. You have come to take away all the chains. You are breaking every chain. You are breaking every chain. Oh Jesus Christ. Oh hallelujah. Oh Jesus. You are faithful father. Your Holy Spirit is here oh God. Breaking every chain from everybody. Amen. Giving them the way those who have been lost father. Oh hallelujah. Taking away every sort of pain in their heart. Relieving them of every pain, Father. Losing them into the Holy Ghost. Losing them into the Holy Ghost. Let each of us, Father, walk into the realms of the Holy Spirit. Walk into the realms of the Holy Spirit. Where all things are possible. Where all chains are broken. Where all powers of darkness are cast down by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Oh yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name. You are wonderful. You are worthy because you are here, oh God. Even as you promised, we are two or three are gathered in your name. You said you'll be in the midst of us, Father. Oh, blessed be your holy name. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for, for your faithfulness. Yes, sing it. Yes, sing it. He's here to take away your pain. Hallelujah. 
<laughs> oh, come on, though. If you feel if you feel lost tonight, if you can't find your prayer life again, hallelujah. He's here to restore you again. Be restored in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Oh, if you got me. If you feel low, if you feel low, he's a way. If you need healing, if you need freedom, saving, he's a prison shaking savior. Oh, by eyes of faith, I can see him shaking your prison. He is shaking your prison by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is shaking your prison. He is setting you free. Someone be set free tonight. Someone be set free tonight. Don't miss the day of your visitation. Be set free. Hallelujah. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah. If you go pay, he's a pentecost. If you feel low, he's a way. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison. Shaking Savior. If you got chains, he's a chain break. <laughs> Hallelujah. Keep singing that song slowly. The devil coming to incarcerate you in some sort of pain, in some sort of prison. But the Holy Spirit is here to restore you right now. Maybe it is a prison of guilt. The Holy Spirit is here to restore you now. Don't accept anything the enemy is throwing to you. Because Jesus is here to restore you. To bring you out of the prison you are in. Amen. This is called a fellowship. We are in a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We are in a fellowship. Don't miss the time, the, the day, the moment of your visitation. This is it, brother. This is it, my sister. Oh yes, you can receive your portion or you can walk away dry the way you came. It's your choice tonight. Hallelujah. Oh yes. Oh yes. Thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you for your faith, faithfulness. Thank you Lord. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. Shaking Savior, if you got pain, <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Keep playing those words slowly. 
play the words just if you got pain he's a pain taker if you got, feel lost he's a way maker tonight if you need freedom or saving is a prison shaking city if you have chains upon your life is a chain breaker thank you Holy Spirit for honoring Lord our gathering tonight and coming down Lord Jesus to shake our prisons Lord shaking our prisons of doubt and fear shaking our prisons of unbelief Shaking our prisons of guilt and sin. Shaking our prisons of dear Father, Lord, of fear. Oh, God, whatever the enemy had tried to throw on us. And oh, all those rattlesnakes they tried to throw upon us and upon your children, Father. You are setting them free, oh God, in their, in their home. You are setting them free in their lives, oh dear Father. We are walking away from here. Oh God, when we are free, freedom that the Father gives. Freedom that you gave, oh God. We bless your name. Oh, Lord, let your Holy Spirit come upon each and every one, Father. Let each of us feel that Holy Spirit. Let each of us feel that flame of the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, just coming down upon each of us, Father. Losing us, oh, God, into the realms where all things are possible. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, oh, God. We bless you, oh, Father, because you are Worthy to be praised, you are worthy to be glorified, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Remember, we're in a prayer meeting tonight. Oh, isn't it just wonderful when you can be in fellowship with Him? You cannot be quiet in His presence. You want to, you want to be connected with Him. He is he, wanting to do something. I can feel His presence here. He wants to do something in your life. Just open up every part of your life. Don't close up any. He knows your life and He knows everything you've been through. He understands and He's here to deliver you and to set you free. And to give you a revival in your soul, in your spirit. Receive it, brother. Receive it, sister. Don't just walk away the way you came. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. His presence is here, friends. You can walk in that presence now. You can walk in your freedom. And that is to every one of you who desires it. You can walk in your freedom now. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Let your worship go up, everybody. Let your praise go up before him. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. We are here to worship you, oh God. We receive, oh God, oh God, the freedom that comes by your word, Father. The deliverance that comes by your word, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, everybody. You can walk into your freedom. You can walk into your deliverance right now. Oh, mind about him. He's here. 
I said Jesus is here in your life right now. He can come and turn around things right now. Come on, you can break into our worship right now. Oh, what he does is up to him, but what is up to you is you can worship him. You can open up your mouth and worship him. That is up to you. That is up to you. You can do that right now. And if you choose to worship him, oh, he can choose to do anything. Anything is possible in his presence. He can choose to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He can choose you to break Amen. You are away from your chains. He can come right now and shake every prison doors. He can come and shake them and break you out of them. Oh, yes. Oh, what a, a presence. Presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes. Don't you worry about anything else. This is the Shekinah presence. Where all things are possible. If you are sick, he can heal you. If you are sick, he can deliver you. He does things don't impossible. He can do what no man can do. Walk into that presence and watch what I'm saying. Whether it is true or not. Oh, I wish, I wish every one of us entered there. You will see what I'm talking about. You will see what I'm talking about. He's a real God. He's a, he's a real presence. He's a real Jesus Christ. He's not just a story. Oh, yes, I can feel his presence here tonight. I know he's here. Oh, I can feel the, even the angels' wings all around this sanctuary tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. He can fill you with, your, with his Holy Spirit and break you out of your chains and break you out of your prison. He can lose you tonight. He can lose you tonight. Set you free. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You say, Lord, I want, I want to walk into that presence. Just lift up your hands and worship him. Forget about everything else. Just lift up your hands. Just lift up your hands and worship him. Come on, come on, you can do that. You can close your eyes and lift up your hands to him and worship him. Tell him, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Burn out all my sin, Lord. Burn out all my sin, Lord. Forgive me of my sin. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. If you do that sincerely, I tell you, you will walk into that presence and you will know what I'm talking about. He will forgive you. He will set you. He will give you freedom. He will set you on a new course of life. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Continue playing that song. Is, is a chain breaker. Just continue playing it now. And as everybody believes that, he's a chain breaker. Oh, hallelujah. 
us. We bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. Zize jolio mponye nze Zize jolio mponye Onzize jolio mponye Oh, 
Jolio Nyambe. Corinthians chapter 5. <clears throat> we are reading from verses, we're just reading one verse and then we shall be sitting. Verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Let's pray. Father Lord, we just want to commit this reading of the word into your hands, Lord, the scripture we have read and more that we shall read in this service. We commit them into your hands, Lord. May May tonight be a blessing, Father, as it has already been. Now as we are going to share a little portion of scripture and a thought to your people, I pray that you anoint me and that you will make it a blessing to each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So, I'm speaking to you today on a thought, ambassadors of the kingdom. <clears throat> Anybody that does not understand English, if you can lift up your hand. Well, I trust we are good to go. So, uh, tonight I just want to have a little thought with you, something that the Holy Spirit uh, made real to me uh, today, and I want to share it with you, uh, just to encourage you more, especially in, in our prayer meeting, and then... I know by the time I'm done, we might not have much time of prayer, but at least we'll have a little time to once again speak to the Lord. We've already worshipped him, and the meeting is not done without the word being shared. Amen. So, uh, speaking about an ambassador, an ambassador is someone that uh, is representing a country or a state in a foreign land. If you uh, go to the American embassy, you will find an ambassador there. It's the American ambassador is representing the president of America. And are you the one I think you are? 
God bless you. Yes, you're welcome back from school. Actually, both of you, you're welcome. God bless you. So, um, uh, talking about an ambassador, an ambassador is someone that uh, represents a, um, a government and is speaking or rather doing whatever he's doing on behalf of that government or a kingdom for in that matter. In the, in the past, it used to be kingdoms, not governments like it is today. But of course, a kingdom is a government. So now the Bible says, now then we are ambassadors. Brother, if you can project those verses. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. Can we all say we are ambassadors for Christ? So that's what I'm speaking on tonight, ambassadors of the kingdom. Of course, the kingdom of Christ is not the kingdom of the world, but the kingdom of, of God, the kingdom of heaven. In Proverbs 13, 17, up to 18, it says, A wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is health. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuses instruction, but he that regards reproof shall be honored. Now, the scripture here speaks about a wicked messenger falling into mischief. And a faithful ambassador is health. Now, we need to understand an ambassador, in one sense, is also a messenger. Amen? A an ambassador is also a messenger. A messenger that has been sent, like I, I told you, he's, he's been sent by his government to represent his government in another kingdom or in another government. So now, the Bible here calls him a messenger in Proverbs, and he says, but a wicked messenger falls into mischief. So meaning... You can be an ambassador, but a wicked one. You can be a messenger, but a wicked one. Meaning not doing exactly, not representing your country well. Not representing your kingdom in the right way. And then he says, but a faithful ambassador is health. Now, this word health here, I know the Bible uses it in many other verses. But one of it that the Bible uses it is where he says that God wants us to be, uh, to prosper uh, also in health. So when it, when it comes to health here, he's talking about prosperity. He's talking about uh, increase. He's talking about a good life. He's talking about blessings. He's talking about success. So a faithful ambassador is going to be successful. A, success, a, a faithful ambassador is going to uh, progress. A faithful ambassador is going to increase. A faithful ambassador is going to be blessed. A faithful ambassador is going to uh, not be poor, okay? A faithful ambassador is going to be blessed. Amen? So now here the Bible says, verse 18, Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuses instruction. Straight away after he talk, talks about a faithful ambassador being rich or successful or progressive, he talks about now poverty and shame coming to him that refuses instruction. Now, you need to understand that an ambassador does not act on his own behalf. An ambassador acts on the behalf of his president. He represents his president to act on his behalf. So an ambassador really executes the duties that he is instructed by his president to do. Are you following me? So if his president gives him an instruction and he tells him do A, B, C, D, and for him he doesn't hear instruction, he doesn't uh, follow what his president or what his leader told him. According to the Bible, poverty and shame 
shall be to him. Now, you don't want to have poverty and shame. You want to have increase and blessings. Praise the name of the Lord. You want to have what? And blessings. You want to have the, the riches that Christ gives. You want to increase in everything that you do. You want to prosper in everything that you do. You want to see the hand of God being open to you. The blessing of God being open to you. But that cannot happen unless you are a faithful ambassador. Now, we, in the same way, we have a kingdom. Our kingdom is not of this world. Our kingdom is of above. And Jesus Christ is our leader, is our president. He has sent us on a mission down here on the earth to be ambassadors of the kingdom. So we are representing him here. Did you know that wherever you are, wherever you are, you are representing the body of Jesus Christ. Wherever you are. It doesn't matter where you are. It might be at school. It might be at your place of work. It might be on the road. It might, no matter where you are. Today, remember where you have been the whole of today. Wherever you have been, wherever you have been, you've been a representative of the body of Jesus Christ. Now, if the things that you did was not according to his instruction, he that sent us down here to represent him, you are not a faithful ambassador. That's bad news, isn't it? But may God help you if you've not been a faithful ambassador from today, from the service tonight, that you'll walk away and say, I want to be a faithful ambassador. Praise the name of the Lord. Because you don't want to suffer, to suffer poverty and shame, but you want to suffer faith, uh, increase and success. Now, I have the rest of the things that I have to read for you. Those are the two scriptures I wanted to read for you. But I, I, I have almost three or four pages from the message influence <coughs> influences. I've already lost my voice, so I pray that uh, we'll be able, I'll be able to speak well all through for about 50 minutes or so. Now, from the message influences, 1964, I'm going to recommend you to go and listen to that message or to go and read it. I hope that we are message readers. If you don't read the message or you don't listen to the message, you cannot grow. If you don't read the Bible, you cannot grow. As a Christian, you need to read your Bible and listen to the message at least every day. That will help you to have your spiritual muscles to grow in the things of God. You need to keep plugged in. Amen? So, in this, Brother Barnum speaks about many things, but uh, I want to read for you a few, um, a few paragraphs. Uh, like I said, it's about four pages. But uh, that will be all I will share tonight, and then we shall go in prayer. So, um, brother, if you can give me this quote on the screen so that the people can follow me. Now, first of all, he talks about the president, Abraham Lincoln. This was the president of America. He says, now, I think the greatest president, though, that we, that we talking about the Americans, ever had was Abraham Lincoln. Not because he was a Kentuckian, too. Because Brother Banner was a, a Kentuckian, like you, like Museveni would say that the greatest president we have ever had is a, Minyanko, a, 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 a certain man who was a Minyankoli. So Brother Banner is saying, not because he was a Minyankoli, not because he was a Kentuckian, but here, listen to how he gauges him. But it was because that the man came up from nothing. And all the books that man that, that man ever owned 
from the time he was a younger boy until he was of age. God bless you. I, I needed this so badly. Excuse me. And he says, and all the books that a man ever owned from the time he was a young boy until he was of age, almost was the Bible and the Bunyanese Pilgrim's Progress. Now he's talking about the former or one of the first presidents, if not the first, of the U.S., United States. And he says, the man came up from nothing. And he talks about the books that this man ever owned, the books that this man read, the books that this man had were two books from the time he was a little baby. One was the Bible, and another one was this book called Pilgrim's Progress. How many have read that book? Or how many have watched the film Pilgrim's Progress? Uh -huh. Now, you young men and ladies that have not watched this and have not read this, I don't know what you use your free time for. These are some of the books that you ought to have already known. Because as a believer, I expect if you want to watch a movie or something or a film or a video, you should, you should want to watch things that are okay for your eyes as a believer. So you, as a young person, I remember when I first came into the message, when I wanted to watch, I wanted to know what can I watch as a believer. And these are, this is one of the things I watched. So you should find it. Pilgrim's Progress. It's a very good uh, book. It was a book, but then they acted a movie out of it. Very good book. Uh, I will not give the story of the book. If you want to, 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 to know it, those who have watched it, raise up your hand so that you can see them and then ask them the details. Raise up your hand up high. So look around, look around. Those of you who have not watched it, then after the service, meet them and ask them, where can I find it? Now see, he says that he watched, he read the Bible and he, he, he read that book also. And he says, you see, that molded into him. What you read, what you do, molds your character. What you read molds your character. Tell someone what you read molds your character. And that's the truth. It molds your character. It tells what you are. And now you see, you see, that's why, sincerely, as believers, when you, before you believed, you were reading some of those magazines. Brother, when I'm talking, please put this off. So, before you believed, you were uh, reading some of those magazines. That we call it data magazines, like Red Pepper, and reading some of those old uh, data novels and um, things like that. These days, people don't like reading. They watch more than reading. But whatever it is, whether reading or watching, your appetite should change. The things that you were doing, remember you are an ambassador. The things that you were doing then should not be what, exactly what you're doing now. What is the problem with reading or watching? There is no problem with reading or watching. But the question is, what are you reading and watching? What you're reading and watching is molding your character. If it's not molding your character towards loving God more and representing the kingdom of God more, it is molding your character into loving the world more and representing the devil more. So may God help us. And he says... It tells you what you are. And now you see he read where if you did wrong, you paid for it. If you did right, God would honor it. And that molded him what he was. And his mother, a godly woman too, he said if there is any credit given anybody, it was a godly mother. That raised him right. Now, that made, I think, I would say, at least one, if not the greatest president that we had. 
he came up from nothing and God made him president because he was an honest man and a good man. Do you want to be blessed by God? You should be honest and good. You should represent the kingdom of God well. You should not do what the world does. You should be different. I hope that this message is arriving home. I have very little voice to tonight, but I hope it is arriving well at home in your heart. So this man became a president. Actually, God can make you anything you want to be. Anything in this world. But it, is, it should be and it must be on the basis that you are unhonest and a good man. And now he says, now we find that this boy was the same. Having these godly parents, he did that which was right. When he was made king and when he was 16 years old, he ignored all the politics and the popular opinions of his day and served God with reverence. Oh, may God help us. I, I love the, these things. I love this quote as I was reading. I, I said to myself, I'm going to read it all to you. Sister, Sister Lisa sent this to me. A little portion, not this one, but a little bit low, below. And it had uh, quite a lot of uh, a substance. And I thought I should share it with you tonight in our prayer meeting. So please listen to that. I, I'm sure it will be a blessing to you. And he says, when he was a, made a king and he was 16 years old, he ignored all the politics and the popular opinions of his days. Talking about here, king, a king who was called Uzziah in the Bible. He ignored all the politics and the popular opinions of his day, and he served God with reverence. That made him a real king to ignore the politics and the modern opinion, and served God with reverence. That was very good. His kingdom, God blessed it. It was so great till it was the next to Solomon's. And, Sol and Solomon had the greatest that there was. But this boy was next to Solomon in his kingdom. It was a great help to the young prophet Isaiah and, he and him being a younger chap at that time. Just coming on. Being born a prophet. He watched the influence that this man had upon the people. And seen where his influence came from. Because he trusted God emphatically. Emphatically. Please follow me here now. Many people... We'll see, and even they've come to me many in my lifetime, uh, not very long, but in my lifetime. Many have come to me and said, I like the way God has blessed you. I like the way you are. I like your life. I'd like to be like you. What can I do to be like you? And then I've told them, I've showed them the way of, of God and the way of the word, but not very many are interested on that part. But here we find that Isaiah, um, Isaiah, looked at Uzziah, and he said he watched the influence that this man had upon the people. And he seen where his influence come from because he trusted God emphatically. If you, you see, all of us have role models in this life, of course, apart from Jesus. Jesus is, should be our main role model. If you see a man or a woman, if you're a sister, that has served God or has lived go, uh, for God and God has blessed them, you should want to be, maybe if you want to be like them. That's not the thing. You can be like them or even better. But the question is, are you ready to do what they did? Because he trusted God. This was here trusted God. You, are you ready to trust God? Ask yourself that question. Am I ready to trust God? Are you ready to trust God in everything that you are doing? Or you want to trust man? And he noticed again, Isaiah did, how that God will bless them that will be true to God's word. God must bless those that are true to God's word. 
It is a must for God to bless them. Let me tell you, if you are true to God's word and God doesn't bless you, hey, then I'm going to give you a right to question him. Tell me one man in the Bible that was true to God's word and God did not bless them. Every man and woman that was true to God's word, God blessed them. God blessed them. God keeps his word. God keeps his appointments. It is people that don't, but God is faithful. God keeps his word. If all of us were true to God's word, I, we, should, we will be walking in blessings. We will be walking in power. We will be walking in victory. And he says, now we realize that this younger fellow wanted to stay with the principles of what God said. He kept his laws. Hosea wouldn't turn right or left. He stayed right with what the word of God said. And God honored him and blessed him in everything he done. He prospered. He went right on. Hmm. What an example that it is for any young person. Now let me tell you. This is the way. You see many people today, of course, as the modern trends, every day has its own modern trends. As modern trends come up and, uh, you, know, you know, civilization increase, people always think that the ones in the past were backward. And that they think that the ones who are updated. So, when you talk about something, when you talk about something that is in God's word, people laugh at you. And when people laugh at you, you feel bad and shame. And then you stop talking about God's word. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? If you're hearing me, say Amen. That happens many times, especially the young people, of course. Then you stop talking about God's word, and then the word is called assimilate. Then you begin to assimilate. You begin to assimilate. You begin to look like them. You begin to do what they do in order to pick their attention. See? If someone is dressing, if they're dressing a skirt, which is skimpy above the knee, then you will also begin to do that because you need to assimilate to look like them so you don't feel ashamed. But give me one younger man or young person or give me any person, any Christian that will stand for God's word and see if God will not bless them in everything they will do. They will prosper. Oh my God, if I, if I, I was you sitting there, I would say, Amen. I will prosper. Amen. That's how I'm seeing this. They went right on. He says, what an example it is for any young person. If you want prosperity, that's prosperity for you. Follow the word of God. Follow what the word of God says, even if it is not acceptable before others. If it's acceptable before God, God will bless you for doing that. And, and he says, I think if we had, we had people today, our churches who claim to be Christians, if they would abstain from the things of the world and live that kind of a life, it would influence the younger Christians to do so. Do you know we have all these people who are joining this church? Let me tell you. Do you know that people who join the church, younger believers, I'm not talking about younger in age, I'm talking about young because they have just believed. If they join the church, they are going to watch or look at you who has already been here. Did you know that? Are you dozing or you are hearing what I'm saying? They're going to look at you. Sister said, I'm happy to see you. They're going to look at you. They're going to look at you, brother. They're going to look at you. And you see, let me tell you, the gospel we preach, it is not much about what we talk about on the pulpit. It's about your life. The life that you live, the life that you keep in your everyday, day-to-day life is what is going to tell people what we are preaching here. Now, 
if your life is wishy-washy, if you are doing things the way they have, even they who are just coming in are doing, they are not going to see the difference. And you know you have influenced them the wrong way. And you know you're going to be answerable for that. Do you know you're going to be answerable for that? If they would abstain from the things of the world and live that kind of a life, it, it would influence the younger Christian to do so. But today, when they let down and drink and smoke and carry on, meaning the Christians, and they still try to hold their confession as Christianity, that puts a bad stumbling block in other people's way and it makes it very hard. You see, how we should hold ourselves, how we should behave, what, what kind of life we should live. And then he says, remember the Bible said, you are living, you are written epistles read of all men. Now many people want to read the Bible, but God has made you a living representative, a living ambassador. Many people will not read the Bible, but you are the Bible they will ever read. Did you know that? You are their Bible. As you are walking, you are the walking Bible. You see? You are the walking Bible that people will ever read. The way, from the way you, you trim your hair to the way you trim, you trim your, your fingernails to, to the way you dress to the way you talk to the way you do everything. Everything you do, people are going to look at you. And they are going to be represent, are, you are going to represent the kingdom. Now, I want you to ask yourself a question. Have you been a good representative? You are walking. Yeah, let us continue. You are a walking letter. I'm just reading this quote for you. You are a walking letter. But I want to read it slowly so it can enter properly. He says, you are a walking letter. Should be a walking Bible. Christ in you. You should be a walking Bible. Christ in you. Someone may never take this Bible and open it to read what is there. But let them look at your life and let it be enough for them to know, I believe in Jesus Christ. You should be the walking word of God. And if you profess to be a Christian, and not that, your influence, what's your, what are you influencing? will make you have to answer for many souls that you've turned aside. That you've turned away from Christ in that day of the judgment. Did you know that? Did you know? Can you believe it? That the things that you do, of course, of course, if I do this, it doesn't take me to hell. Let me tell you. If you do things that will influence others from leaving God and they go to hell, where do you think you will go? You will follow them and you will be together with them. Why? Because you will have to answer for those souls that you turned aside. And he says, I think it behooves us tonight to think about that. For every man, woman, boy, girl knows that you are coming to the judgment. Every one of us, you're going to come to the judgment. You might escape this, that, or the other. And he says, you might be beat at the income tax. You might... You might escape the internal revenue. You might do this or, or another. You might have run over the speed limit and the cops never catch you. You know? Or you can, you can do your own zigzags in the church and the pastor and the deacons may never catch you. And you are still one of us and you are a believer. No problem. He says, that's alright. But one day, judgment is going to catch you. That is Satan. And we know 
that man must die. And after that, they... Let me read this again. Can we read it together? And we know that man must die. And after that, the judgment. Now, the problem is not dying. Everyone is going to die. But the problem is that judgment part. Everyone must come to that place of judgment. Oh, may God have mercy. He says, it's the judgment after death that is the, that's the bad part. And there, what you've done on, on life and how you've influenced others, you will have to answer for it at that day. Now, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Listen. That is why, if you're a child of God and God wants you to go to the rapture and you do wrong things, he will not leave you to die before you correct them. If you have ever been corrected either by someone seeing a vision about you or you've done something wrong and it comes up or you know, you, you know, or, or you spill some milk and someone understands or you stole this and someone or you did this and someone finds out and then you know, uh, you know the, 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 the pastor finds out, the deacon finds out and this and that and then you are corrected and here on earth, brother rejoice. Because you are a seed of God. God doesn't want you to go to hell. That's why he's exposing you so you can be corrected here. Because he says judgment begins where? In the house of God. But let me take this. I don't want to preach. I want to read this quote to you. He says, and we know that man must die. And after that, the judgment. Death is not a hard thing. It's the judgment after the death. That's the bad part. The, hard, the bad part. And there, what you've done on life and how you have influenced others, you will have to answer for it at that day. Chovola, brother, sister, when you find a brother or a sister in the wrong, don't be quiet. Go and tell them. Don't say, oh, they will feel no guess, guess. No! You're going to answer! If you see someone doing something wrong and you let them continue, you are going to also answer for it. Did you know the Bible says you will answer because their blood is upon you. You've seen them doing something wrong and you didn't correct them. But if someone is doing something wrong and you go straight to them, not to another person again. That's what the mistake people do. Don't go to another person. If you have seen uh, uh, praise here doing something, don't run to Peter or don't run to Marvin. Come to praise. Tell him praise. What you are doing is not according to the word. Of course, he may be proud. Oh, where, where is it? Don't worry about his pride. Show him the scripture. If he doesn't see it, walk away. You've done your part. You're not going to save people. We are not people's savior. We, we, are, we are preaching. We are telling them. We are living our life before them, and that's all we can do. God must save them if they're savable. Are you hearing me? Now, if you are corrected, if you are on the other side and you are corrected, don't begin to have pride. That's why even God doesn't answer your prayers because of pride as we shall sit down here. Because of pride. You think, oh, I have arrived. I'm a Christian. I'm not go I'm going to hell. Uh, that is already approved. I'm a seed of God. I'm predestinated. Oh, before the foundation of the world, God knew me. Therefore, and someone comes and tells you, brother, sister, you have done this wrong. You will say, ah. You think that what, that will take me to hell? To, to hell. People are so much worried about going to hell. They think even when they do things and they, they, it won't take them to hell, they think that that is okay. Listen, a, a mature Christian, a mature believer must reach a level whereby it's not about hell that you are fearing. I'm not doing things so I don't have to go to hell or heaven. Heaven is already assured. But here, the things I am doing, I am worried about being a good ambassador. 
I'm worried because I don't want to run poor. I don't want to become poor. I don't want to, to be ashamed. I want, like we have seen, I want to prosper. I want to have success. Are you following me? So, so in other words, I'm going to be so much concerned about pleasing the Lord and being a good ambassador and following every instruction he has given me. Even I want to do more above and, and beyond more than what he has told me in the line of what he has told me. So that when he meets me, he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Are you hearing me, church? So, we don't do things because of fear of hell. We do things because of the love of Jesus in our hearts. Now, then here, he continues on to say, where, was, where are we? How much more ought we to set aside every weight and a sin does, that does so easily beset us, that we might run with the patience this race that is set before us, looking not to the creed, but to the, or to the denomination, to some other person, but to Jesus Christ, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. That is our president. We are the ambassadors. Hallelujah. How we should think them things, friends, sternly and reverently, as we see this day approaching, and knowing that any time your life's pages, the book may be closed tonight. This, when I read it, I first held my peace for a moment, and I read it again about three times. It was just very real. Let, let me read it again. How we should think them things, friends, sternly and reverently. As we see this day approaching and knowing that any time your life's pages, the book may be closed tonight. And tomorrow will be too late for you to do it. Don't put off what you can do today for tomorrow. For tomorrow may never come. You see, another thing that has made Christians not be good Christians, they always say, I will do it tomorrow. I'll pray tomorrow. I, 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 I will serve God tomorrow. I will go to church tomorrow. What if tomorrow does not come? He says, tomorrow may never what? Tomorrow may never come. Men and women, boys and girls, may be sitting here tonight. They may be in the morgue before daylight. Oh my God. Oh my God. I hope it doesn't happen. But we say that it happens sometimes. We've had stories of people living overnight. And before they reach home, they have already crossed over. Where have you gone? That's the question. Won't it be a shame for you to leave a, a night service, going back home, and then you don't arrive home? And also you don't arrive home. You understand what I'm talking about? It would be a shame. It would rather at least be that you don't arrive home, but you arrive home. You don't arrive home, but you arrive heaven. That's what I'm talking about. But imagine leaving the church in the night. Between now and the morning. And then you go. And you die on the way. And you don't arrive home in heaven. It would be a shame. 
That's why it was, it, he said it would be a shame for you not to hear instruction. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll put that right tomorrow or the next day or the other day. Friends, I think it ought to bring to us that contrition in our hearts, that love for God, that desire to please God, saying, oh God, I don't want to, to, to be tomorrow. I want it to be today. I want to live for you today. I want to be a better Christian today. I want to be a written epistle today. I want to be, you know, the best I can today. Not tomorrow, but today. You see, that's why even in prayer services, you find people are not praying, not because they cannot pray. Sometimes people think that you are praying because you have too many needs. Someone talk, said, oh, those people are local, they pray so much because they have so many needs. You think so? We don't pray because we have so many needs. P praying is having fellowship with God. You, God have mercy on us. Listen, you cannot have fellowship with God if you don't pray. If you don't pray, you cannot have fellowship with God. Even Jesus himself, to stay in connection and fellowship with God, he had to pray. He, he, actually, Jesus had constant prayer. Constant prayer every day. Jesus was spending time in prayer. You know, that spending time in prayer is having fellowship with God. We don't pray for what you need, but you pray for fellowship with God. To you people who are married, we know even sometimes if you are connection with your wife, if your fellowship with your wife or your, your husband is not good, the home is not at peace. You see, but if you are communicating properly, if you are talking properly, if you are at talking levels, huh? yeah, brothers, yeah? if you are talking levels, sometimes you are not at talking levels. Sisters, if you are not at talking levels with your husband, the, the home is going in chaos. But if you are talking levels and you are talking properly, everybody is smiling and the home is at peace. The home is at peace. In the same way, in the same way, if you are talking with your husband properly, just know everything has been planning for you. He will tell you about it. But husbands have, or men, naturally, naturally, men keep their visions in their head and they only download them to people they can trust and have confidence in and when the atmosphere is right. Are you hearing me? Now, the same way God you know, we are, in the, we are created in the image of God. In the same way, God as our husband, God as the husband to the church, he keeps his vision in his mind. He, has, he says, I have good plans for you. He said, I have. He himself he said, I have good plans for you. But he won't tell you the plans unless you are in a talking relationship. Unless you are in fellowship, brother. Are you hearing me, brother? Unless you are in a, a talking relationship. You must be in a talking relationship with God. And what is that? Prayer! When you are praying and you are communicating back and forth, you see, just like the fellowship we had a little bit before we get, went into the word, that, let me tell you, brethren, that presence, never trade that presence for anything. Never let it live your life. Because if it lives your life, you are going to be dry. If it lives your life, if you cannot pray until you feel the presence of God, brother, run! You are in danger. You are in trouble. You are in trouble. Every Christian, you should never have dry prayers if you have a, a prayer that is dry. If you sing songs and you, you are dry and you pray and you, you are dry, brother, sister, you are in danger. Let me tell you, you are in danger. If you die, I'm not too sure whether you are going to heaven because you are not in a talking communication a relationship with God. You must be connected with the supernatural whereby you sing a song and you feel like your soul is, is just no, no longer here. You are connecting with him. Whereby you are praying and you feel like it's no longer you praying. It is him praying in you, interceding for you and for other brethren. What is that? It is you in connection with God. But what is so sad, many believers who are called believers are not in a talking relationship with God. They are not. They are not. And, and because of that, 
you find us having a lot of burdens and needs which are not answered. Oh, God have mercy on us. You can change your prayer life tonight. You see, you see, if you're not in a talking relationship, for you to pray, you, you, you will say, others, let us pray. And then at, at, at home, at the family altar, you do it because they have said it. Let us pray. Amen. Then you go. Praying for food, bless it. Amen. You go. In church, even our you know, prayer night is up to midnight, so it's not a long time. It's not a long time. Even if it was a long time, you just come and sleep. Or even if it's not a long time, you just come, others are praying, and then you're like, you're following them. Amen. My words are finished. I no longer have what to pray. You just sit and begin dozing off. When they say, pray, 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 you say, I've finished praying. What is wrong with you? I don't have what to pray. It, it, you have a problem. Let us admit it. You have a problem. First of all, admit your problem here. If you don't admit your problem, you cannot be, receive a solution. You cannot, it doesn't matter whether you are white, black, red, or yellow. You must be in a talking relationship with God. Your prayer, your relationship with God should be not dry. It should be wet, full of his presence, full of your tears. You remember that woman who was on his feet. You see, even at your family altar, at your home, you man, you woman, at your home, the presence of God should come down. Oh, we miss such times. When you are at the family out and God gives inspirations and God gives revelations and oh my, things are coming down from above. What is that? It's God, people being in a relationship with God. But what is it happening? It is now just having a church a connections and church, church services. Church service. Ah, we are just doing a prayer for everybody and everybody says amen. Now we are becoming, slowly we are becoming like the Catholics. The priest is the one who says the prayer. They don't pray, they say prayers. Do you know I say the prayer and I pray the prayer are different things? I say the prayer is only following words which are written somewhere. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Amen. Amen. And everybody goes home. You see, believers are now beginning to be like Catholics. We say, let us pray. If you want to know a, a, a congregation that is a church which is really vibrant, a church which is really a church, uh, it is in their prayer life. You see, when you say, everybody should go in prayer, let the musician stop playing and hear. If you hear, oh, one person, amen. Another one, yeah. Ah, mm. uh, uh, brother. We don't only need spiritual thermometer, but we also need a, a, to, we need a spiritual blood transfusion. We are dying. It means we are dying. It means we are on a blink of death. It means we are so bad it off. Brethren, this is not a laughing matter. This is a serious matter. It is a serious, I'm telling you, it is a serious matter. If your prayer life is dying and you don't have to let it die, you have to fight and do everything you can to make it bring come back again to life. Whereby when they say let everybody pray, don't worry. Some people even can imagine they want they don't I don't want my voice to be hard. Can you imagine? We still have such a, 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 a stupid excuses. I don't want my voice to be hard. I don't want to be hard as if I'm the one who knows how to pray better than others. Hey, you're in prayer and you're fearing your voice to be hard. So what did, what did you come to do? 
you are talking to your husband and you are fearing your voice to be heard. Is your husband is not anybody's husband. It's yours. If you are talking to him, you don't care what others say. It's your husband and you care about how he takes you, how he receives you, how he loves you. So when you come to talk to him, you don't care what others are saying. You lift up your voice. You will cry out. You will tear. Your tears will come down. You will cry. You will, you will shout. You will fall. You will do whatever you have to do. As long as it brings the presence of God to you. As long as you, it can make your heart be connected. That those moments when you are praying and you feel you are connected. You feel you are seeing him. You, 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 you feel he's hearing you. You feel he's near you. You can almost see him by eyes of faith. That's what we call a, a, a praying relationship with God. Brethren, let me tell you, in that kind of prayer, even visions begin to burst out. Many times, many, many times when I'm in such kind of prayers, you know, others are praying and quickly I begin to, to receive revelations and because others are praying, I can't begin to prophesy. I quickly go pick up a paper and a pen and a I have my iPad, but I cannot use my iPad to do that because it is usually fast. It comes so fast. I have to pick a pen and a paper and I scribble down those words and I write it quickly before that anointing leaves. Why? Because it is coming through prayer. It is a connection with the supernatural. You see, that's where tongues also come at people, you know, with gifts of tongues come at people with, the, you know, gifts of, you know, interpretation of tongues and prophecies and revelations. The Bible says when one person, when you all have come together, one person with a revelation speak out and another one if something be revealed to another also now he or the, this one keeps quiet and the other one comes out how does that happen it happens in prayer some people even don't understand these things anymore because they don't know what prayer is prayer is not saying words prayer is connection a deep connection with the supernatural prayer is when you come before God and you talk to him and you, you hear him speak back to you and you can hear him and he, you, you can, he, he can hear you in other words it is a two way traffic you talk to him and he talks back to you so now, when you talk to him, he talks back to you. You now pray according to what he has told you. So it's no longer now you speaking, Brother Ivan. It is now him speaking through you. When you begin to talk, the first time you pray, maybe you are speaking your words and what you feel. And now when he speaks to you, oh my God, you even feel excited already. Amen. You feel the fire burning on your heart and you begin to speak to him back according to what he has revealed to you in your soul. You see, but what happens? People's hearts for prayer and desire for the things of God is dwindling down, completely dying off. Completely dying off. May God give grace. But I tell you what, we need it. It's the all-time revival. We need it. Revival should never die. The moment revival dies in a church, and there cannot be revival without prayer. There cannot be, let me tell you, there cannot be revival without prayer. Time, time should come when we say the service is dismissed. And people will be here praying until morning. I'm telling you. Time should come. If that time doesn't come, we are not ready for the rapture. Okay, you as a younger person who doesn't even have a job tomorrow, you are rushing quickly to go. You are the one who came in almost at 10. You say, okay, what time is it? I don't want to go. You know, those things are still singing and praying. Let me just go and hear the word and then I go home. It is because your prayer life has died and you, you, you know yourself. You're, you're not at peace with God. You're not very well, spiritually speaking. You must be the one to come and lead, lead the fire in prayer. In worship, as you are worshiping God and you are singing that song, even people who are song leading here, always be sensitive to the spirit of God. Don't just sing a song and leave it and go to another one. Sing a song to get the people into the spirit of worship and the spirit of prayer. What is worship? Worship is glorifying God and God coming down to accept your worship. It's not just a song. It's not just a prayer. 
We are not here to say prayers. We are not here to sing songs. We are here to worship. And we are here to fellowship with God in prayer. That's what believers do. And that's what makes the difference. That's the difference between us and the denominations. You see, that's why many message churches no longer have prayer night services because it's a thing of, of the past. We have the word. Why do we need prayer? And you cannot have prayer. You cannot have fellowship if you don't have prayer. May God help us so that we don't die out because his coming is very soon. Can you put up that quote again so I can continue a little bit here down? It says, men and boys, men and women, boys and girls may be sitting here tonight, will be in the morgue before daylight. It is true. And then you, your book is closed. And you'll never have another chance. Never. This may be the last chance that you will ever have. Think of it. Seriously. You say, well, it probably isn't. It probably isn't, but it could be. But remember, someday, the book is going to be closed. And what you are doing now, you see, that's why even I appreciate you who are standing because you are feeling sleepy. I believe even sleep that comes when you are going to pray or when you are hearing the word, it's demonic sleep. I'm telling you. It's not a real sleep. It's demonic sleep. Huh? Uh, who is that young man going out? Can you come back in here? Listen. Hmm? Listen. Tonight, I'm not only spiritually angry. I believe the Holy Spirit is telling us things here. What are the deacons doing? I thought I, I, I'm, I'm addressing especially him that was dozing and the other brother. Just come in. Let them come in. You see, when, when, you are, when you are praying, not only here in the church, even when you are at home and you are praying, what happens? Before prayer, everybody's lively. Everybody's jumping up and down. Now, when we say it's time for family altar, then you begin to see those sleeping demons coming. And you automatically feel a lot of sleep and heaviness. How many have ever felt that before? You see? And then after the family altar, after prayer, those demons leave immediately. Am I correct? So you can agree with me it is demons. It is sleeping demons. The devil uses them to take away your desire and your strength for prayer. Or for the word. The, the devil knows when it is the moment the word has been spoken. It, let us now hear the word. Sleeping demons come. Let us now pray. You automatically feel heavy. Because it is a demon on you. And the moment you go in prayer, brother, don't accept that demon to overcome you. When you are hearing the word, don't accept that demon to overcome you. You better stand up in the church. You feel ashamed. Don't worry. You are fighting that demon. If you are going to prayer and we say, let us now all go to prayer, don't say, oh, now, uh, me, I, I am heavy. I, I am tired. It is because you have a demon on you. It is trying to take you and heavy and put a lot of heaviness on you to, to make you not pray. Fight it until you overcome it. How do you fight it? Do what it wants you not to do. If that sleeping demon comes on you and tells you don't pray, then, brother, begin to pray immediately. Fight it until you overcome it. 
When you feel you can't open your mouth to pray, what you do, open your mouth and begin to pray. Amen. Because if you don't do that, the moment you don't do that, the moment you accept, the devil will clap his hands and the moment the prayer time, well, you will sleep, sleep, and then maybe for... One hour he will make sure you have slept and slept and then you even see visions, false visions from him. And then you wake up. After you wake up, the devil will tell you, by the way, you have finished prayer. After all, you have even seen visions. And now, from there, you will now go and begin watching a video or something and you'll be very sober because the demon has already overcome you. You see? And your prayer life has gone down and you are spiritually low. You are spiritually dry! Those are demons that they sent in this generation to try and take us away from the presence of God. Why? There must be something in the presence of God the devil knows and is hindering the people of God to come into that presence. But let me tell you, we have found out. We have discovered him and he has been exposed. Next time we are in prayer, brother, break those demons. Those are religious demons. You see, you are hearing the word, they are bringing you a lot of sleep. And when after the word, then the sleep goes away. Because it is a spirit on you. Resist the, de the devil, the Bible says, and he will do what? He will flee from you. Hallelujah. If the devil tells you you can't hear the word, you are so tired, tell him I will hear it. And I'm going to stand up. And I'm going to wash my face. And I'm going to hear it. And uh, the devil, I tell you, I will even say amen every minute. I will say amen and I will make sure I don't sleep. Hallelujah. You, you need to be strategical. When you are fighting with the devil, you need to be intentional. You don't, let, you don't need to submit to him. You, you need to fight him and you need to know your enemy. You need to know that he that you are fighting is also wise. He's very subtle. You need to know him and you need to also approach him in that way. That's why the devil hates these services of overnight and prayer services. The devil hates prayer time because he knows that's the only chance that the people of God have time to use the sword they have in their hands. The only time, the only chance we have is when we can pull out our swords of prayer. Brother Barnum said this is the weapon, the greatest weapon that God has ever placed in the hands of mankind. Prayer. When we wield a sword of prayer, let me tell you, demons disappear in prayer. Spirits leave you in prayer. Deliverances are got in prayer. Power comes upon your life in prayer. The Holy Ghost comes upon you in prayer. The Bible says they were all together in one accord. In, they were doing what? Playing cards, watching a movie. They were praying. And then the Holy Ghost, he came down. Amen. Like a rushing mighty wind and came upon them. The devil knows that. That's why he will make, he wants to make our worship dry. He wants to make our prayer dry. He wants to make our services so powerless and less of power. You know, whereby a preacher just preaches and then we became Baptists. We just hear. You know, we just hear. And we just shake our head. That's a Baptist spirit. But God has given us the spirit of Jesus Christ. The spirit of this message to overcome those spirits, those religious spirits. And those demons that come to take us out of the presence of God. You see, he even wants to come down. He fights preachers. Let me tell you, that's why you should pray for your preachers. Pray for them. Pray. I'm telling you, pray. The devil tries his best. I don't know how many times and how many ways the devil has fought me that I know. There are others I don't know of that God didn't tell me. And yet he overcame for me. But I'm telling you, the ones I know of, there are countless times I can tell you this and this and this that the devil used to take me out of the anointing.
He would try his best to capture a preacher and put him under his anointing instead of God's anointing. And the preacher will come already a defeated preacher. You think he's preaching, but actually when he's under the power of the devil. And these are the preachers who will tell you you don't need to pray. You don't need the Holy Ghost. You just need to sit down and hear the word and everything like that. Because they themselves are powerless. They don't even know the last time they went to pray. They don't even know the last time when they sought God or the last time when they felt the power of the Holy Ghost upon them. And the devil tries that because he knows, yes, he's trying his best. He will come from the pulpit all through the congregation to try and make us powerless. Oh, church, let us not be a powerless church. Let us not be a powerless people. You see, he will try to bring sins. There is nothing that takes away the spiritual appetite for prayer like sexual sins. Those sins can make someone so powerless that don't even have power to say amen in the church. You see, no wonder, Brother Barnum, I read one quote somewhere where he says that, you see, when you go in such some of those quiet, quiet, uh, quiet congregations or places or churches, uh, uh, most of the Baptist kind of, you know, he says that they, 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 they are uh, the devil's hangout. The devil's hangout. You see, when you see those people very quiet like that and others dozing and others quiet, nobody can shout amen, nobody. It is a devil's hangout. If you want a quote, you will come and I will give it to you. A devil's, the devil's hangout. Why? Because the devil has already overcame all of them. The other one was in fornication. The other one was in, in this sort of immorality. The other one was in this. The other one was in that. The other one. So now all of them have come together. So they all know that they are overcome by the devil. The pastor also knows and the others know. So now they are all defeated. But they, what they have is the letter of the scripture. What they have is the quote. So we can, quote, we can read the scripture. And we can quote for you. Brethren, we are predestinated. We are going to heaven. We are going in the rapture. Even the prophet said this in this quote. And also Apostle Paul said this. Amen, you believe that? Everybody says amen. They just behaved so well, just like you behaved now, you kept quiet. And then they say we can now go home. So we sing a chorus. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be. Nobody shout, nobody jump, nobody, those things, you know, just. Because they are defeated, they are living defeated lives, sinful lives. Devils hang out. Let this church, let this church. Oh God, I'm, I'm hungering in my heart. And, you know, my heart is just squeezed when I read these God's friends. And I'm telling you, this church never be a devil's hangout. Whoever will stand here on the pulpit, be prayed up, be prayed up, because you know you are going to face demons. You people, when you are coming here, be prayed up. Sometimes you can come here, if you are not prayed up, you will come in the church and someone is having demons on them and they will pull you into their circle and they are seated next to you, not even now. And you realize, why am I not able to say amen anymore? What is happening? You are bound, you don't know there is a spirit near you. So you need to, to be prayed up. If you are prayed, ha! I'm telling you, if you are prayed up, you come here, prayed up, you are prayed up, everybody has prayed up, someone comes in with the spirit here, I'm telling you, it has to come out of them. It has to come out, because if the fire of the Holy Ghost is here, amen, it has to deliver the bound. And they themselves will begin to say amen and shout amen, and they will go out of here liberated. Those are the kind of services we want. But the Balaam says, if people can't shout, I can't preach. If people can't shout, I can't preach. Why? Because they are not liberated. There, there is spiritual, no spiritual th you know, environment for him to do things, for him to speak. But if people can shout, oh, it brings down the presence of God. If people can cheer the word and accept the word and receive the word, 
Let me tell you, if you are bound by something, you know by, not, by being quiet. <sighs> God help me. I'm feeling a certain way today. Hallelujah. Yeah. The spiritual understanding. Listen, if you, 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 you come in the church, I'm telling you, if you come in the church and you feel you are so quiet, today I'm so quiet, don't let the devil deceive you that you are just humble. You have a demon on you. It is captivating, it's capturing you. You can't even say amen, say to them humble. No, you are not humble. It's a spirit on you. And remember what you did, repent and come before God. Cry before him. Come early if you can, before the service begins and pray. Set yourself free. So that when the song leader comes, you will not say, ah, what is happening with you today? No, he himself have prayed. You have prayed. You musicians, don't just come here with your dirty hands and begin playing the instruments. If you come here, come prayed up. Come pray it up. Pray before you come to pray the instruments. And when you touch it, you'll be, amen, it will be a touch of the Holy Ghost. And he will come down. You, you cannot go on the instrument before praying. I'm telling you, I'm warning you. Don't go on those instruments before praying. Don't do that. Have some time, at least 30 minutes in prayer. Communicate with him. Have fellowship with God. Don't come on the pulpit before you have prayed. Brother Barnum even said you should not stand on the pulpit unless you have received the Holy Ghost. Why? Because what you are going to tell us is yourself if you don't have the Holy Spirit speaking through you. You see how much we want the Holy Spirit, friends. We want him to come down because anytime it might be today. He said it might be. You see, the chance is gone for you to, 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 to change. If, if he, you just die before you prepare yourself. This may be the last chance that you will ever have. Think of it seriously. You say, well, it probably isn't. And I said it probably isn't, but it could be. But remember somebody, someday the book is going to be closed and what you are doing now. And especially you people who are claiming to be Christians. Separate yourself from the things of the world. Have nothing to do with the world. Shun it. Shun it. All those evil conversations, all those boggy-woggy conversations, I'll call them. Shun it. Don't be a part of them. Don't be a part of those, that nonsense. You see, we left the world. We can't be back again to it. Any kind of talk that is not giving God glory, even if it is from believers, shun it. You have no part to do with it. For some person is watching you, what you are doing. Somebody is watching you. And you are going to not only send yourself there, meaning to hell, but you are going to take them to, the, to that bad place. And you are going to have to answer for your influence. How this prophet watched this young man and seeing that God blessed him. And how, what an influence that was. How that man prospered. What God did for him. He lived a life that was wonderful, blessed of God. And he wouldn't turn right or left. Now here we find another example here in this man. This man who's here. A great king who once walked with God. The Bible said when the king left that he was secured. When, sorry, when he felt that he was secured. He felt that he was alright. Then he was lifted up in his heart with pride. May God allow it that none of, of you will be like that. He now lifted himself up in pride. Because now I'm secure. Yet at first he, he, he started spiritual. Now he became carnal. You started with fire. Now you are carnal. Where, where is your fire? Where did, where did it go? You think you have arrived? Let me stop here to say this solemnly, my brother, my sister. God has made you my audience tonight. I must be dead earnest in what I'm saying. And you must listen to, you must listen with dead earnest. That's what's the trouble with many people today. We have some of our ministering brothers 
some of them get to a spot, maybe big ministries, until they feel secure. And we have a lot of this, not only in the Pentecostals, but also in the message. We've had this. Eh? Know this to be true. Eh? Many ministers in the land, they begin to drink. Some of them even think, do you know even in the message, they begin to drink. Well, I've got my little kingdom built around me. There is no reason for me. Them people who love me so much until they, are, they will never pay attention to if I do this or that or do that. Let me tell you, brother, there is one who is looking, and that is God. No man is secured outside of God. Sometimes then we get to a place we think, God blesses us. He give me a Cadillac. Oh, he give me a better job. Oh, he give me this. That's no sign that you can't turn his blessing from you. When you get lifted up and you feel, well, I once laid all night and prayed. I once did this and I do that, but I don't do it anymore. You are on a dangerous ground. See, those days when you used to pray, maybe all night, or, or, or you, you go out in the thickets or somewhere, you just go in the presence of God. Let me tell you, each of you, we must have an anger. That hunger should never leave us. The moment that hunger to pray leaves you, brother, you're on dangerous ground. That hunger should always be there. Sometimes you just feel to have time alone with God. Whereby your time with WhatsApp can wait. Your time with your friends can wait. Your time at work can wait. Whereby you want to have time alone with God. It doesn't have to be in a church. It can be somewhere in a bush somewhere. It can be on a mountain somewhere. It can be anywhere. Even in a place in your home somewhere. You just go and have time in prayer. That hunger, that hunger, friends, should not leave us. We should not quench it with other things. Oh, God help us. Help us, help us. We should not quench it with, with a job or with a Cadillac, meaning a car, Mercedes Benz or something. We should not quench it with those things. When you get lifted up and you feel, well, I once laid all night and prayed. I once did this and I do that, but I wouldn't do it anymore. You're on dangerous ground. That's what the matter with our Pentecostal people. While back yonder, a little time ago, when we had little missions down on the corner somewhere, and the women with no stockings on and beating a tambourine uh, down there had uh, to pray all night and everything. Cops locked you up and stayed in jail and so forth. You prayed! The churches, all denominations laughed at you and made fun of you. But now God has lifted you up till you got some of the best churches in the country. A great powerful denominations, you begin to feel secure. Be careful! That's when you get lifted up. Then when God sends something, you can't accept it anymore because you've already witnessed this thing. Then you begin to feel secured. That's the time that you are on your road to your fall. That's for denominations. That's for nations. May God help us that we don't get there. That we will be good ambassadors. That we will be prayer warriors. A prayer warrior is someone who is always in touch with God. Not someone who shouts so much in prayer, but someone who is always in fellowship with God in prayer. For you to be having a good spiritual overcoming life, you need to be in connection with God. For you to overcome temptations, you need to be in connection with God in prayer. That's our only way. Let us stand and have some 10 minutes of prayer. And then we shall, cl we shall close. If you want to stay and pray all night, you're welcome to do that. This is a house of God. It's a house of prayer. Amen. Those who have been streaming with us tonight, praying that God will also visit you in your home. And uh, you will, if you've been dead in some place and you've not had a desire to pray anymore, that God will restore it. 
and it will fill your heart with his joy and his grace that you will come into that presence again. <clears throat> Can we sing that again? If you got pain, he's a pain breaker. And then each of us will just go to pray for I'll just close at midnight, but you can continue if you want to continue. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Well, if you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel love. He's a way maker. If you need freedom, oh saving, he's a prison checking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Oh, sing it now. If you got pain, come on. He's a pain taker. If you got, oh, he's a way If you need freedom, or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got pain. He's a chain breaker. Sing it again. If you got pain, he's a pain breaker. If you feel lost, I'd like everybody to sing those words if you can. He's a way maker. If you need freedom, for saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chain, he's a chain. If you got pain, if you got pain, he's a pain taker. Oh, if you feel lost, he's a way maker. Amen. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got pain, oh, he's a chain breaker. Come on, church, Lord, if you got pain. 
Don't you worry about your pain. He's a pain taker. If you feel low, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, if you need freedom, and save he's a prison checking savior. If you go check, he'll chain break. If you go pay, he's a Pentecost. If you feel low, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save him. He's a prison checking. If you got chain, he's a chain break. If you got pain, if you got pain, let him take away your pain. If you feel lost, let him make a way for you tonight. Amen. If you need freedom, if you need freedom, oh, save He's a prison. Come on now. If you got pain, oh, you need freedom or saving he's a prison if you got chance now listen as we sing this song I'd like you to believe hallelujah The musicians, please, I want you to be in one accord. And everyone, as we sing this song, please, let us not do anything that will distract the Holy Spirit. Uh, before we close this service, if you've got any pain in your heart, God wants to set you free from those pains. It could be the pains of the past, something you've been through, or it could be the pains of the present, something you are going through. Jesus is here to take away your pain in your heart. If you feel lost in a certain way in your life, why don't you believe in him who can find and make a way for you where there is no way? He once made a way for them through the Red Sea. He can do the same thing for you today. Friends, there is something God wants to do for you tonight. I want you to believe it. I want you to walk into it. There is nothing impossible. That thing that you thought has been impossible, 
let me prophesy to you tonight and tell you God is here tonight to show you that it is possible it's no longer impossible he can come and make a way for you in the midst of your darkness and shine his bright light upon you and cause you to see hallelujah if you got pain he's a painter you may not know how to sing it but sing it anyway if you got change he's a way man if you need freedom if you need freedom or saving He's a prison shaking savior. If you got pain, oh yes, oh yes. If you got pain, oh sing it now. Oh, if you feel lost, brother Peter, a little fast, a little fast. If you need freedom, if you need freedom for saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got pain, he's a chain breaker. Oh, yes, if you got pain. He's a, if you feel love, come on, he can make a way for you now. Oh, yes. If you need freedom, come on now. Oh, save it. Oh, he's a prison. If you need, hallelujah. Amen. Is here to break your chains apart and set you free. Sing it again. If you got pain, if you got pain, oh, he's a pain taker. If you feel us tonight, come and believe for a way new. Oh, if you need freedom, if you need freedom. Hallelujah, saving is a prison shaking savior. If you got pain, oh, he's a chain break. Sing it again. Well, if you got pain, oh, he's a painter. If you feel lost, amen, let him make your way right now. Yes, he's making a way for you right now. If you need freedom, if you need freedom, oh, save me. He's a prison. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus tonight. Oh, he's a chain breath. Sing it one more time as we go to prayer now. If you got pain, he's a pain If you feel lost tonight, sister, oh my brother, he's making a way for you right now. Oh, if you need 
freedom. Hallelujah. The Lord is a praise Everyone go to prayer now. Let him shake your prison. I say let him shake your prison. Let him shake your prison. All the musicians, I want you in prayer. Everyone, I want you in prayer. Go in prayer right now. Go in prayer right now. Let him shake your prison. If you can't pray, open your mouth and pray. If you don't know how to pray, open your mouth and pray anyhow. Open your mouth and pray anyhow. The devil has imprisoned you into a, a prayerless life long enough. It is your time now to break out of that kind of life and say, I am going